This is your host, Amy Orsno, and welcome to the Transmit Safety Podcast, a podcast that will help you achieve a holistic approach to workplace health and safety with practical solutions introducing new or alternative ways of approach to put that value of safety into action. So fill up that workplace-approved beverage of your choice and tune in to today's episode. In this episode, I've been I've been struggling and trying to figure out what I want to say and how I want to say it. And normally when I do a podcast episode, I have a little bit of a script that I go off of. I write the script, I talk about it, I edit it, but I'm not going to do that today. Today's episode is going to be a little bit more off the cuff because I want to be able to put my thoughts together as they come out, mostly because this is a topic that I'm very passionate about. When it comes to people talking about culture, when it comes to people talking about safety as a value, I've really struggled with this concept. One, because I think that the Dunning-Kruger effect comes into place when people start to talk about culture, organizational culture. And two, because I've yet to really see the value set put into action in a way that aligns holistically with me as a person. Where am I going with this? In order for me to talk about this in a little bit more detail, I want to tell you a story. When I was starting off in my health and safety journey, I was going to take this class on claims management. And within the class, there were, I don't know, about 20 people, regular, averaged, in-person class size. And we were going around the room at one point in the class to talk about how you were involved with claims management, what was your previous experience with managing claims, and if not, did you know of anybody who had to go through that workers' compensation board process, that claims management process? So did you have experience? And if so, on what side of the fence did you have that experience? And I was still young in my professional journey. I was still maybe a little bit of that rose-colored glasses perspective of, yes, we can fully make a difference 100% of the time. And I was coming into this class with, I think, not a lot of claims management experience, but I had enough in-company mentorship that I knew about the process. I was confident with my process, but I wanted that additional education. And I knew that I didn't know everything, hence why I was in the class. We were going around the class and doing our introduction of what was your experience, what side of the fence that you were on. And it got to this person. And I completely forgot about this story until I was talking with somebody a few weeks ago and this memory triggered in my mind because we were talking about putting values into action in a completely different context. But this memory came up and I I immediately went, yeah, this was one of the times that I had to sit back in my beginning career journey and say, I don't think everybody thinks about safety as a value in the same way that I do. And that's okay. But I really had that rose-colored glass perspective of it. And I think that was the first time I maybe 
saw it in a different lens. So this person was talking about their experience with the workers' compensation board because a person in their family got severely injured on the work site. And they went on to say how horrible this company was treating their family member and how horrible the workers' compensation board process was for them. And essentially, it was a classic case study of what the employer should not do to make the worker feel like they give a shit. It was like every time that they explained what the process of what the employer was doing, everybody in the class and the instructor was like, oh, that's not the right approach to take. And that's not the right approach to take. And it wasn't until kind of the end of their explanation of what this company was doing that they said the company name. And it was a fast food chain, very popular here in Canada. Was I surprised that a fast food chain had a not so great claims management process and wasn't treating the worker for what I heard in a fair way? No, I wasn't surprised at all. What surprised me the most in that situation was as she had explained how this company, how this employer was treating her immediate family member, she was eating their product. She was drinking their product. And I sat there and I remember just thinking, why would you put your money into their pocket if this is how you know they are treating their employees. I couldn't understand how they would be able to go through the drive through order a product, knowing that the workers that they were getting to serve them in this fast food environment were not being treated fairly when it came to health and safety and that their health and safety practices were subpar, I guess I'm going to say. And I sat there stunned and I remember sitting there leaning back in my chair and going, I don't get how you can say that you have safety as a value, how safety should be a value in your workplace. And then you share this story about your family member who was injured at the work site. And, and away it goes. And I just went, I don't know why I felt so uncomfortable with that. And I think it, that was part of my beginning journey into be what I normally call a conscious consumer. I try very hard for me to really hold safety as a value. And what do I mean by that? And again, value systems, culture, depending on what academic research that you come from, what branch of studies that you come from, culture really, for me, is simply a shared value and belief system within a group of people. But you can have your own internal set of values. 
So if I hold safety as a value for myself, and I say that safety is a value for myself, I find it very hard to support organizations that I can fact check and know either through shared experiences, news articles, things that have been happening in the industry. I found it really hard to say that, yes, I'm going to purchase this product from this company, knowing that they are not aligned with my definition of safety and or hold that safety as a value. Now, I'm not saying that all organizations need to hold safety as a value. I know. What? Did I just say that? I don't think that organizations need to have safety plastered up on their wall as a value or need to include safety in their mission statement. I think if you have certain other values that your organization holds, safety is in engaged and included and integrated within that. My example that I normally give is if you hold excellence as a value within your organization, but you can't have excellence and be hurting your workers. You can't have excellence and be having damaged equipment. You can't have excellence and be damaging the environment. So to me, to have excellence as a value, you must include and embrace health and safety as one of those supplemental elements of excellence. Just like innovation. If you have innovation as a value within your organization, that means you're creating a space safe enough for your workers to fail because you can't have innovation without failure and your workers need to be safe and secured in order to try new things and fail safely. Recently, I've been paying attention to some of these larger organizations and how these larger organizations are, I don't want to say manipulating, but I really want to say manipulating, how larger organizations are taking advantage of how we as a society have structured within the last hundred years. And when I start to do some research to say, well, if I want to buy this product, who owns that company? But then who owns that company? And then who owns that company? And who owns that company? And it goes down this rabbit hole until really there's only a few handful of organizations that really run the majority of even just our food supply. And the example that came up recently was Sir Reginald. And for those of you who are listening who don't know who Sir Reginald is, Sir Reginald is the employee of the month every month here at Transmit Safety. He is... My cockapoo. He's my puppy, my dog, my ride or die, my companion. And right now he's currently KO'd beside me here after demolishing a plush toy. But here's the thing in two instances, I was at his vet for his regular checkup recently, and the vet recommended a certain product. And I had done a little bit of research prior to going into this meeting, and she said, Yes these are your options. And I said, why I 100% don't want that product. She looked at me very kind of curious because I normally take her number one recommended product for Sir Reginald. And I said, yes, but that company is actually owned by this company. And morally and ethically, I just cannot buy a product 
from that company. She looked at me surprised. She goes, oh, I didn't actually realize that company was the parent company. I said, yeah, like I just ethically, for my personal morals, my personal values, when I hold safety as a value, it's safety for the environment, safety for the people. It just is so integrated. And the other example was last week I was at the pet store and I was purchasing toppers. It doesn't really matter. I was purchasing some snacks for Reggie. And I was talking with the local business owner because, again, I don't necessarily go to big chains all the time. So I was talking to the business owner. I said, yeah, I come here quite a bit because you have a lot of small companies and smaller products. And I like to do my research and I like to trace the sustainability of the products, not only for myself, but when I'm purchasing for my dog. And we had a really interesting chat about how about I think he said something along the lines of 85% of the dog food industry is really controlled by a few of those larger corporations. And one of the issues or one of the things that I was talking about was there were a few large recalls that were happening within the food industry in the last previous weeks. And so, again, it was just another kind of a prompt for me to or a reminder for me to pay attention to the actual supply chain of what you are purchasing and when you're purchasing and how you're purchasing it. Really coming back to the start of this podcast, the start of this episode was, if I hold safety as a value, it should be impacting the products that I am buying. It should be impacting who I want to work for. It should be wanting to impact who I want to work for and work with. It should be impacting really a lot of my decision making. And that person eating that breakfast sandwich, drinking that coffee, how many years ago really triggered this initial start to the journey for me to say, if I am going to put my money where my mouth is, I really need to pay more attention to the supply chain of what I am purchasing and how I am purchasing it. And I think when we're watching the news now with all of these massive layoffs and all of these product recalls, and even just paying attention to the overall quality of the products that are being available for purchase and the mass consumerism And I know I don't want to get up on my soapbox on this episode, but really what I want to try to say is if you hold safety as a value, how is that impacting your decisions as a consumer outside of the workplace? Have you ever pondered this question? Have you ever wondered about how your values are impacting your purchasing? And I am going to leave it on this note. I do realize that I'm coming from a place of privilege, from a place of financial privilege where I can products at different price points because it is aligned with my values. So I do want to recognize that I'm not wanting to judge or put any type of judgment on anybody who is purchasing any type of product or not able to make those types of decisions because of the Maslow's hierarchy of needs. You only have a certain amount of money and you need to have a roof over your head and food on your plate. I get that. So 
I do want to end this episode acknowledging that in order for us to maybe hold our values a little bit higher, I think it comes from a place of maybe where you are within your socioeconomic position and where you are in your financial security. And how do I want to end this episode where it's like, it's not all bad. You can make a difference. I think that the more people who want to purchase products from companies that are sustainable and ethical, isn't that so odd that we have to put a disclaimer on front of products that are ethical and sustainable? Yes, ethical. Hey, our company pays fair living wage. What do you mean? Like, why isn't that the average? Why isn't that the, why isn't that the standard? When we think about it from, can I make an impact? I like to say, yes, every time I go to the register, every time I purchase a product, every time I go through a particular drive through I am voting with my dollars that I want that business to stay in business. And let's be honest, businesses are a business to be in business. And we have through our dollars, through our decisions of purchasing those products to hold them accountable to a certain level of safety, to a certain level of environmental protection. In closing, you matter. You make a difference. You can put your values into action. Thank you for being a part of the Transmit Safety Network. Thanks for listening. If you enjoyed this episode and you'd like to support the podcast, please feel free to share it with others, post about it on social media, or leave a rating and review on whatever platform you're currently listening to.